Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. All right, all right. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, the FinnFab channel, iHealth Radio with Hurricane Age and New Day, new show, new topic, new guest. And uh, in the realm of um, living healthy, prosperous, today we're going to focus on those elements with a specialist, someone that, that does this for a living, helps people um, find a way to live prosperous and joyful uh, in a fun way using different techniques. And um, she has a school of, of, of really an art that helps people get this. And, uh, you know, again, I try to be successful as usual, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase quick. So I have with me Sandy Vo, and she is the, the founder of Prosperous. Uh, it's a school for meditation. And, and she'll tell us more about this and, 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 and what it does and how it works. And we're going to talk about just the concept of meditation and in all its aspects. Also, uh, she is a, a podcaster, so she's a, she, she, she does this. She has also her own show, so hey, check her out. But, but really, um, you know, she's also a teacher. She's a, a leader. She, she helps leaders. She does a lot of stuff. And I want her to tell us a lot more, more, lot more about that because I think it's, it's important to, to hear her journey, her mission, why, how it all started, and, and really let's have a nice, healthy discussion about it. So first things first, Andy, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. That was a great introduction. I am great. I'm excited to conclude my day with a wholesome conversation with you. So well, that that'll be two of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, listen, it's uh, it's there's nothing wrong with having a good discussion and really uh, sharing value. And I think that's what we bring in today is bringing yeah. your value to the audiences. And I think there's a lot of it. And mm -hmm. uh, we often hear about meditation, and people know what that means more or less and most people would do that mm. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know yeah. that's like you know the probably the first thing that you think about but there's more to it it's it's a lot more and so before we get into the deep dive here uh sandy just tell us about your story i mean you didn't just wake up one day and say hey we're gonna go and open a school there's there's a story behind it so what yeah. that is yeah so i remember when i was younger i was uh with my cousin lena and she was like my big sister and uh, we used to always go to the back of her house. We lived together. I don't know if it's like this with your family, but in the you know East Eastern Asian cultures, I'm Vietnamese, Black, and Indian, so I'm I, I'm huge in in the Vietnamese culture. When we were when we were younger, we were always together. So we would have three deckers of you know one one family on one home, one layer, and then the second floor would be another family, and the third floor would be another family. So I was living with my cousin Lena and there was this beautiful willow tree that we would always come to. And I remember one night laying down on the grass with these beautiful fireflies that were flying by, um, light bugs. 
And we were looking up at the sky, looking at the stars. And then we started having this really beautiful conversation about God. And this was at, uh, I was about probably nine or 10 years old, but I'll never forget that moment. And I asked who made, who made us. So if our parents made us, then who made them and then who made them and then who made them. And then it just kept going and it wouldn't end. And it just got to the point where we looked at each other and we said, Hmm, and our lives went on. And, uh, I, that moment, I believe is a really significant part of my journey because my cousin Lena was always a person that kind of sparked that that side of me or sparked the this curiosity to know more beyond what we see in our physical reality beyond our roles and our, our identities she had that beautiful nature about her so when Lena turned 18 years old she was diagnosed with leukemia and um, I felt like my whole entire world shattered. And at that time I was, I was two years younger than her. So I was about 15, 16 years old when she was diagnosed. And I, I felt like I fell into a pit of depression when that happened. Um, because after that, about a couple of years later, Lena passed away. So, you know, my, my journey with meditation or wanting to understand more about life started from this place of always being curious about life as children, but then dealing with the death of someone that was very close to me. How could someone so young, so wise, so free-spirited, so healthy, doing all types of activities and sports, just pass away like that? What, what is life? What does it mean? And I had to dig deep, deep, deep within myself to understand that question. I had to go through my own journey of depression and anxiety and, um, you know, shame when it came to my body, my worthiness, um, traumas to understand what the question of who am I, what is this life? Why am I here? Where have I come from to really understand what that means? Wow. Those are a lot of questions, and most of us will probably have either asked or we probably will still get asked them sometime in our lives. But but first of all, sorry to hear about your loss. I mean that that's uh, you know uh, it's it's difficult, and especially at that age and someone that close, and specifically with like leukemia, it's just uh, devastating. And I know it's not easy to to I guess uh, overcome that immediately. It takes time, and uh, I guess that opened up your eyes uh, to a lot of things. And, and and by the way, that story is is something that I think we all, uh, at a point in our lives, experienced where somebody close, friend, family, a young age, just you know, is here and no longer here. And uh, sometimes you question things, right? Sometimes you wonder. Uh, and on one way that could be good, on the other can be bad. But I think what it does also sometimes is that it gives us the opportunity to reflect and see how we want to live our life. And, and you're right. I mean, you just said something important that, you know, she was doing everything right. <laughs> you know, she was uh, eating right, probably doing, taking care of herself. And then all of a sudden, boom, something happens and that's it. Uh, very young age. I mean, that is, um, again, I have kids and I know uh, that's, uh, my, my kids are 16 and 15. So, and, you know, <laughs> that's close to that age. And it's very difficult to hear that even as a, as a parent or as, as when I was a kid, also, I lost friends that were at my age in that same, you know, uh, group. Right. And it's, it's crazy, but, but life throws a lot of things at us and, uh, you know, and sometimes we have to adapt to it, adjust to it. And how do we live through it in general is a very good question. And it's, it's important to, to find ways to cope with everything. 
And uh, mm-hmm. I think I think your experience got you to to really stand and, and, and question things and start looking at it. So what was the angle that you used to to really just, you know, take a pose and, and, and kind of map it out in a different light? Because I think that's what you did. I mean, you obviously moved on and you did something about it. So let's let's take us through that journey, that that phase. Yeah, I didn't do anything about it until it got to the point where it was too much. It, it hurt too much. It was um, too painful. And that's typically what happens with us as we evolve on our human journey. We wait until the pain gets so loud and it's screaming at us before we actually listen. So for me, and typically the way that people get to an understanding of this is when they experience it through their bodies. So my depression got to a point where I noticed that, you know, I was this very vibrant, passionate, curious type of person that just stayed in my dorm room all the time. Um, I, I started isolating myself from people. I'm someone that loves to spend time alone, but that type of isolation was a type of isolation where um, I just, I didn't want to actively engage with people um, because there was too much that I, I had going on. I felt like there was too much wrong with me to even be worthy of engaging with people at that time. I started gaining a lot of weight. I gained about 45 pounds um, and and I'm a pretty short person as well. And it was then that, and and I started having um, hair loss, all, all types of stress that you can imagine. And it got to a point where I lacked sleep. So I didn't sleep for multiple nights in a row. And that's when I started just losing, losing myself, losing my mind. Um, and then I realized that I needed help. I, I, re- I needed to change. And so for me, it's, you know, my, my best friend talks about the luxury of pain. For me, it's the luxury of pain that guided me into a place where I realized something is not right here and something needs to change. Um, so when it got to that point, um, I went to see a few different physicians, Uh, and it didn't seem like they knew what was going on. And it wasn't until I was led to this Ayurvedic practitioner. Ayurveda is the oldest um, medical system in India. And I was led to this Ayurvedic practitioner and he sat there with me for hours, three hours, looked me in the eyes, asked me so many questions. And he said, you know, you are just coming out of a very deep depression. And if you don't want to go on medication, I just had a very allergic reaction to medication at that time. There was just something telling me that that there's there's a there's a different way that I particularly am meant to be be guided through this. So I um, went on the path of meditation, which he recommended, and he showed me this brochure about uh, this Amer- the American Meditation Institute. And I saw the photo of the man on the brochure. His name is Leonard Perlmutter. And I said, I don't know anything about this. I don't know what meditation is. I've never even heard of meditation before, but I am meant to work with this man. I am meant to be there. And it turns out that it happened to be in my backyard. Now I traveled three hours to a different state to meet with this Ayurvedic practitioner. And he led me right back home in my backyard in New York where this American Meditation Institute was. And so it was there that I met my teacher and it was there that for the first time, you know, I had someone look me in the eyes and say, 
you're not crazy. And he started to do something with my mind that I've never seen anyone do for anyone else before. He was able to understand my mind and he was able to redirect my thoughts in a way where I knew exactly what I wanted in that moment. And I wanted to understand the depths of life. I wanted him to be my teacher and I wanted to embark on this path and know a little bit more about what it means. And so since then he, he taught me meditation for the first time. And it was the most, it was a feeling of coming home to yourself and not the type of home that relies on anyone else, not your partner, not a, not a boyfriend, a significant other, not your house, not your work, not how much money you make. It was a type of home of, I have everything that I need inside of me. And it's the feeling of the best way that I could describe it is being inside of my mother's womb, you know, where you, where you feel safe. You don't have to think about anything. You just know that your mama's going to take care of you and you're just floating around in her belly. <laughs> yeah. Serenity, and, right? Yeah. Yeah. Serenity. Yeah. So, so that was my, my journey. And, and since then I, I knew right then and there that this is my path, this is my purpose, and this is how I'm meant to serve more people. But first I had to be my own student. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I, as you were talking, I'm, I'm just trying to comprehend what you had to go through and, you know, you can try to think about it. It's very difficult. And, uh, you know, I mean, you cope with it the way you knew best at the time. And, uh, your, your formula was to just stay away from everyone and, 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 and it turned out on you, right? So you, it, it kind of affected you physically and uh, not only mentally, I think it, it had a manifestation physically. And uh, then you went to medicine and, you know, the first medicine didn't, you know, sit well. And so you found, uh, you, want, you look for a, a holistic approach, different. And I think that's the Ayurveda, you know, concept where that was a whole, it is, it is actually, I did, I, I had a, a couple of shows where we discussed the, the concept, but, but definitely a lot of people are still not familiar with it. And you're right. It's, it's ancient. It is a, a different, you know, type of approach and it, it does revolve around, you know, plants and uh, herbs and, and meditation and more to it. So, so it's, it's, it's the medicine in, on its own. It's just not modern medicine. So that's where we talked about earlier east meets west <laughs> holistically so and, and and literally for a joyful and prosperous life so so really it's it's important I, I just wanted to highlight that and then you discovered this and then you experienced it for the first time and you you as you're describing right now people are listening and watching you felt something different that no one can bring you and i think anyone listening and watching will probably be curious like what was that what was that feeling <laughs> if you can even describe it what would that be in the, I mean, I know you mentioned serenity and, and, and the, you give us the analogy of being in a womb in a nice little place. Uh, but, but is there anything that, that you felt, you know, different about it? Uh, you know, besides the fact that it was just nice and serene and quiet and then you just like you were in a zone. Yeah. Thanks for asking me that. Cause I don't think everyone, anyone has ever asked me that before. So the best way that I can describe it, if I were to take myself and time travel back into that moment, that experience, before I got to that meditation hall, I was someone who was incredibly anxious. By, by incredibly anxious, what I mean is I got to a place where I, I didn't understand how to function. I was trying to do too many things at once. I was, I, uh, when I gained all that weight, I actually did a bodybuilding competition to lose all the weight. And also in, in kind of in celebration of my cousin, Lena, it was also my way of just 
being engaged with life. I wanted to have some goal. And my goal was to get on the stage because I felt like my lifeline was getting very short. I, I was, I was having suicidal thoughts. And I thought that, you know, if I don't keep myself actively engaging with things and it might just be over for me. So I was doing bodybuilding. I was running different organizations within the college that I was in. I had internships. I was juggling different jobs at the same time. And I got to this place where I became so anxious. I didn't know what to do with myself. I remember going through, um, uh, like the, the cashier and watching her check out and ask, like asking myself how she's even able to do that. So my mind was racing kind of like a hamster that was stuck in a wheel and it didn't know that there was a way out or like running on a treadmill and you don't know that you can press a stop button. You just keep going, but you're not really going anywhere. You're staying in one place. And so that's the level of anxiety that my mind was experiencing. And when I sat down and I had that experience with meditation, it felt like the weight of everything that I put on my shoulders just fell off. It just released me and it felt freeing. It felt liberating. And it's, it's this feeling of, I, I know that I can breathe because I'm alive right now, but I felt this wave of fresh air go through my body as if it's cleansing the inside of my body. It's like a, it's, it's, it's a spirit, it's a warm energy, just cleansing the inside of my body, waking me up, reminding me that my power, the truth of who I am. And it's, there are very little words in the English dictionary that can describe what that feeling is like, you know, but the best way is, is think about something that you're in love with, you know, whether it's, if you, you're someone that loves to paint, or if you, that feeling of falling in love with somebody for the first time or your wife, or, you know, think about something that you're so in love with, like you lose track of all time, space, uh, realities. You're just so immersed in that present moment. And when I had that experience, it was being immersed in the present moment, but it was with the self. But what happened was the lower self dropped and I just experienced the, the highest self. I experienced the divine God, you know, what we call God in that moment. And that's when I just having that little scent that, that, you know, how, you know, I, I, I remember one of my favorite memories growing up was listen, uh, smelling my mom's cooking. Cause she would cook all the time, mm. really amazing food. So, you know, you wake up in the morning, you smell a little scent and you're following the scent all the way to the kitchen. Right. So it's like that. It's like, you get this scent of what meditation can do for you. And you get the glimpse of the divine or this infinite intelligence, you know, that right now your heart is beating and you're not thinking about how your heart can be, you know, your, your digestive system is breaking down all the food today, but you're not thinking about how to do that. Right. And so there's this divine intelligence and what happens in that moment is the experience of that divine intelligence. So meditation is not what we think it is. It's not about sitting still and, and shutting off your thoughts or going away on, on some type of paradise vacation. Meditation in its purest form is an experience of understanding yourself, not the self that is a personality or the ego identity or the part of you that does things in the world. It's the self that is beyond that. So you, you get to understand those dimensions of who you are, and then you, you share that expression with the world. Wow. <laughs> I love, I love the way you broke it down. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, your story just gets better and better because 
if you're listening and watching right now, and I think and thank you for breaking it down further, because uh, anyone who knows someone, whether they experienced it themselves or someone did, your transition is something that we all should learn from because you went from one level to another until you discover this new medium, this new thing that that actually changed your life, right? And but but I think the lesson learned here is that you don't give up on life. You don't. You never. You know, just you know, get lost. There are ways. There's a way out. And you're not that hamster. You're actually gonna find a way out of it eventually. But you know, maybe at the time you didn't have a solution and you were still stuck. And you did the, the thing that everybody would probably do: either isolate. And in your case, you did that first, and then you went to like busy, busy, busy life because you don't want to think. Because you really, you just want to be like from one thing to the other. Your mind has not to think about anything else other than what you the moment. But that still is going to take a toll on your life, right? <laughs> on your body, on your everything. Yeah. You went to, the other thing is you wanted to come, so you went from isolation to you want to be a star, you know, and, and being really in the front. I mean, on stage, right? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's amazing, right? But I mean, again, we're talking about psychological stuff, but it is real. You know, you're trying to find a solution and you were from one thing and I'm sure you've read things. Somebody mentioned something and you just get to the next one and next one and next one until at which point you reach a new concept that it was new. And to your point, yes, we don't understand meditation. You know, that's why I said everyone will probably think about me just closing my eyes and getting, you know, in a, in a Zen position. That's not it. And today, again, we want to discover that. And you describe it a little bit, you know, even beyond because you're, it's really spiritual. It's, you know, when, and, and, and I've done martial arts and, you know, my life, and there is a level of meditation that we do. And you have yeah. to take time to just kind of like zone out and feel everything around you. And it does work. People don't realize how work, how well it works but unless you experience it no one's going to know you know and we can describe it as far as we can do it here and and it's not going to be the same unless someone experiences themselves and mm -hmm. and i think that's a key element but then that changed your life that's the moment where your love you know life in general had become the new you you become a new person i mean it's still you but now you have a different way to face reality to face life and to operate but then you went to the other extreme <laughs> You, you took that, okay, this works for me. Let's make this something I can share with the world. And, and in a minute, we're going to talk about that transition now into like the real where you took it and now you're teaching it and the concept of prosperous. But, but so, so now you experience this, this you know, thing. You went to your, the, the doctor. They, they give you back to your back, <laughs> you know, uh, alley here in New York. Well, not here, <laughs> where you were. <laughs> and, and, and now you started going there. So was that a, a frequent, you know, opportunity? Did you go there for a uh, uh, long term? Uh, how long did that uh, stage go or last? The American Meditation Institute? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, how long you've been going, you know, to remember you, you met the doctor, you said in a few hours, then he referred you to them. And then you went and, and started learning all this stuff. What yeah. was the time frame that took you from the, the minute you did your first meditation to the minute that you were like, I'm ready, I'm going to teach the world? Oh, it was right away. <laughs> it, was, it was right <laughs> away. It was, it, you know, in, in that moment, that that moment and that experience was just this awakening of this is what you're meant to teach. And so what I did, I remember that year at, at that point, you know, we talked about how I got on stage and, and I went from being isolated to now being on a stage. And at that same point, I had built up a large um, following at the time um, on my Instagram. And I, I got to a place where I had deleted everything. I got rid of social media for months, um, almost a year. 
Um, I deleted my, my, all of my Twitter, my Facebook, everything, because I was like, I'm going to commit myself to this for an entire year or however long that I need to take. I'm going to let my body go through whatever process it needs to go through. And I'm going to do it in the most in tuned way to where this is guiding me right now. So it was a year of full surrender you know, and, and not sticking to the things that I've known in the past, I had to commit to that because once you get that glimpse and that feeling, you can't unknow what, you know, you can't unlearn what you learn. So if you finally have reached this place where you start actually feeling good without relying on anything outside of you, it wasn't because of this man that made me happy or, you know, this achievement or this goal or this amount of money, if it was none of those things. And it was something that was from inside of me. Why would I, why would I not commit to that? Right. Why not? Why would I not devote to that? Especially because I know what pain feels like. And I think this is a really powerful message is that sometimes a lot of people, when they're living in a state of pain, we get into this place where we become victims. We, we victimize ourselves and and we, we almost pity ourselves and we think that there's no way out, but pain is indeed a luxury. Like, like my friend says, because the lessons that it teaches us is, is what it actually feels like to experience the joyous of life, the, the highest joys of life on a moment to moment basis. You have to feel that pain to know what it actually feels like to be on the other side. If you never experience pain, how do you know what joy or happiness or inner peace feels like? And so having that contradiction really served me because I go, okay, I know what it felt like to be on the other side. And I know that in my life, I'm going to feel it again because I'm only human, right? But I know now with this philosophy, this view of life with the tools that I have and with the understanding that I have, that I can handle anything that comes my way. So it's not like you get to this place where you go to India and you meet a sage and you study with him and suddenly you're enlightened and you know, you're, you're completely detach from the world, you're, you're still actively engaging in the world. You're still paying bills. You still have a house over your head. Right. But your, your approach, your perspective, your view, everything completely changes because you learn how to actively be in the world, but not of the world. You know, you learn how to engage the world, but not become attached to it. So you use everything and you enjoy everything, but you just let it go because nothing here is really yours. So it's it's a very powerful lesson, you know, that that experience taught me, and and I knew it right away. And I and I knew that if if this is how this is making me feel, and I'm having a direct experience with it, I wonder what it could do for other people. I love it. And as a matter of fact, you, you you're talking about this hot, this concept about being in the world and not in it, meaning in it, but not really, you know, being different in it and applying differently in the concept where I refer to as have it in your hands and not in your heart, <laughs> mm. you know, because you can control in your hands, but it's not in your heart. The minute things get into your heart, then that's the problem. But if you don't care about things, but you can, you can use everything around you, but you just don't have to attach yourself physically to them. I think that's a, that, that's a big dif difference in the way you look at things. And not everybody gets to that point of alignment or, or like, you know, where you can, 
because people are still material, you know, they, they, they feel the material world is everything, right? And sometimes the spiritual world just is, is as important, if not better. Uh, but, but not everybody can get to that balance where I can live, I can enjoy the luxuries of life, but I can also literally detach from them overnight <laughs> in a split second amount. Yeah. Uh, that's one. But you just you said something funny, because when you said, you know, like once you, you you're in it and you know, you can, you know, you can take it back. That's like the Matrix, right? Blue pill, green, red pill. Yeah, <laughs> Oops, yeah, yeah. Now, now you see the world. You can't go back. I mean, what are you going to do here? It's funny because the Matrix is coming up with the new, 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 new uh, I think, uh, uh, the fourth or the last one right now, Resurrection. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. So I'm, I'm a fan of that movie. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a great it's a great movie. Yeah. You learn well, something new every deep. time. It's deep. That, that, that movie is you got to really get into it and understand the concept behind it. I mean, we I, I always refer to it because we do live in a matrix. Yes, we do. <laughs> At least that's how I see it. And, you know, people sometimes you know, hey, something is, is wrong with you. No, nothing's wrong. I can break it down scientifically, but let's not go there. <laughs> but but, yeah. but you know, it's amazing, you know, that that you've you've achieved that moment you achieved the the concept where you can be in the world but it's not affecting you you're in it but you're like you know it's okay things happen you're right you already staged yourself at the, the case you're human you're gonna feel pain again you're human things can go wrong but they're not gonna phase you you know how to deal with it and it doesn't matter life goes on that's a level where people you know may not always be at at any given moment unless they experience something drastic something you know extreme and they get guided towards it right yeah and and, and that and you gave also the analogy like pain gives you the ability to feel joy and that that's a contrast that we live all the time poverty can teach you to, to enjoy money <laughs> you know yeah. uh uh you know the weather for example we talked about florida and new york you know, you only you, you enjoy, you know, that, that the weather now in, in Florida and I and I envy you for it because, you know, I'm in the cold. But, you know, if there was no cold, it was always beautiful. There would be no difference. I cannot differentiate. Right. So certain things in life happen to teach you how to deal with things. But not everybody takes the time to to evolve to that stage or because they have not been exposed to it. They think the world is just as is and they continue in that until somebody wakes them up <laughs> or something wakes them up. You had that early on, you've faced through it, you know, in different ways, but you came out on the other side where you were like extreme and you took time. That's the other thing I was going to discuss with you. How the hell did you do it? Because I don't know of today's generation or, you know, any generation today that's attached to technology and social that can detach for that long. I mean, it's, it's almost like impossible. People are so hooked into their social media. You took off your Instagram and everything. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. People probably watching like, what is she crazy? What the hell's going on here? You can't. I mean, people are like so attached to their following and stuff. And listen, I, I do that too. I mean, I have my own social media and I'm always posting. But but the key here to your point is, can you detach? Yes, you can. I, the, yeah. I had I had a, I had a Facebook pay, uh, uh, profile that for uh, one time I forgot the password because it was an old, old account. And then I was close to 5,000 followers at that time or like, you know, friends. And it shut down. Never got it back. For a couple of months, I didn't have a Facebook. I'm like, okay, it happened, so I'm not going to deal with it. I'll I'll just wait for some time and rebuild again. But but not everybody can do that. And again, I'm not saying some people may be you know able to do that. But the majority these days are almost like you know it's an addiction, and it's actually been proven psychi psychologically speaking as an addiction. Uh, I have a famous doctor that comes on with us on uh, once a month, Dr. Heim, and he talked about it. He said that. Since 2007, there have been studies and articles about the impact of the internet and, and the, the, uh, the phone, the iPhone, and all the, these types of platforms that actually 
hook people up, <laughs> literally. And, and they become so addicted, they can't even move. You know, my kids, I mean, I, I have this argument with them all the time. They walk with their phone in their hand. Walk going up, they'll grab something with one hand. They need two hands. They grab it with one hand somehow, and they still have their phone in them. Like, why? Put it in the pocket. You're not going to be able to use that phone while you're doing something else. But they do. Yeah. It. It's amazing. Yeah. But you did. So, so that moment, was it hard in the, in the beginning? Just, just for someone that's, that's going to get engaged in, in a meditation process, will that be hard for them? I mean, it's like an addiction withdrawal, right? Like, you know, I got to get out of this thing. And the first couple of days is going to be very tough. Was it tough? Absolutely. Oh my, it was incredibly <laughs> tough. I mean, I can describe to you what it was like to, to get off of it. I mean, I was posting at least three times a day. I was posting my meals, motivational quotes, my progress and motive, you know, just things that would inspire people. It's just very wake up at 5am in the morning. Let's get going, put a positive face on and smile real big. Right. Um, but behind the scenes, you know, there's so much that's actively happening. I, I call it behind the screens. There's so much that's actively happening. And what we have to think, uh, what we have to understand about social media is that something that started off as a very fun, passionate project or a hobby ended up turning into a company where people are investing billions of dollars into understanding our human psychology and how to keep us actively engaged with the apps and with the media. And so the more engaged that we become, the more money that that every company on there actually is able to make, the more information that can be collected. There's a lot that goes on there. And so the more we get sucked into it, what we're not realizing is we're allowing social media to train the way that we think. So if you're watching 15 second clips all day, do you think that you're going to be able to have the attention span of an hour even? Or do you think that your mind is now is now um, fully equipped to only think in 15 seconds? If you're doing that every single day over the time span of 10 years, notice what's happening with your attention span. And so for me at that point, my, my attention span was very limited. It was very small because I was constantly on my phone, scrolling through social media, posting things, commenting back, engaging with people, messaging them back. And I had to get forced to get off my phone. You know, I was forced by my, my best friend's mom that I was staying with at the time, who was helping me through a lot of this. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I felt I didn't want my mom to see what I was going through. I just, I just couldn't do it. So I ended up living with somebody else at that time as my best friend's mom. And she saw how much this was affecting me, how even though I was going through this state that I was in of just losing myself, I was trying to pick up the phone and I was trying to type stuff and, and put it out there. Oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? Oh my gosh, my followers, but they're, they're waiting for me. They're looking up to me to post something. That's the level of attachment that I had to my phone. And so when she forced me to turn it off, you know, I knew that when I hit this delete button, it's going to be off for some time because I'm not going to be wrapped up in this feeling again. And while I was away, it was so interesting to see the amount of times I would reach for my phone, even mm -hmm. though the app wasn't on there, the amount of times that I would reach for my phone. And the more that I meditated and the more that I understood 
energy and how it works, the more I realized how much my phone was acting like a magnet and it was, it was consuming my entire life. And we don't even realize that it's like this portal that sucks all of your energy into it. And then you see one thing on, on, you know, your Facebook feed and it completely changes the route of your entire day. But I realized that because I had space away from it. And this is a really, uh, this is something to highlight is space spaciousness. You know, I talked earlier about being busy all the time. Well, within that one year off, I had a lot of space. And in that space, I, I was able to actually reflect and think about, well, what are my core values? What's important to me? Why am I doing this for? Am I living for other people? Am I living a life that other people want me to live? Or am I living a life that I want to live? And the more clear that I became, the more better it felt. And so when I came back on social media, my interaction with it was a lot different. My views of it, my concepts of it was a lot different. And I started using it differently. And even now, the more that I, the more that I'm on this path, I find that the less and less I desire to be on social media. Now people might be saying, well, you know, how do you get the word out there? How do you I think that, uh, you know, social media can be a really beautiful, creative platform to express your gifts and whatever it is that you want to share. But again, being attached to it and thinking that you need to post several times and all this stuff, you don't need all of that outside of you. Your, your energy is the highest currency that you actually have, not the amount of people that follow you or the amount of money that you make. So if you can prioritize your foundation in your energy and building that currency up, then good Lord, of course, all the things that you desire in the world are going to come to you because you think that we live in a world of physical things like you're physical and I'm physical, but we're really just a mesh up of many vibrations, you know, vibrating together. We learned this in physics class, you know, in the seventh grade, that's really all that we are. And if you break it down even more, we're just dust, you know, we, we cremate a body. Lena was cremated. She was just dust. So whenever I find that I get stuck in my own way or my ego just is so attached to something, I'm just like, I'm just dust. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> well, I, I love I love the way you actually see the thing is you break down the information. See, you're you're breaking it down for yourself. You're making reasons to understand the concept. So so that's the thing. You, you visualize the stuff and you you put things that, you know, that are real. But you, you have to remember, you've gone to stages to understand those things. Many people don't. I mean, the fact that you said social media, you, social media is great if you know how to use it so that you can be addicted or you can just use it as a tool. You see, that's the thing, like everything else, you can drink socially or you can be you know, <laughs> an alcoholic, right? So it's, it's, it's how things happen, how you use them. It's a tool and nothing beyond that. And if you know how to operate it correctly, Again, uh, you know, we've seen in the movies and, in the, and there's a lot of discussion about, for example, gun violence, right? Is it the gun or is it the person behind the gun, right? <laughs> the cops use guns, military use guns, but, you know, depending on who's using the gun could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? So, so there's so many ways to do it. And you just said it, you, you know, like, I think that's a great, you know, piece of, of, of information that we all should take from this particular show is that we are nothing more than to your point dust and even dust as you said it's ions it's it's quarks it's with it's it's just you know infinite you know minute elements and and to your point you you visualize the dust to see that you are you know that's where we are we're not the greatest thing that we think we are right we are at the same time see that's the thing it's a it's almost you know 
a paradox. We are not, but we are. <laughs> Understanding that balance is a key, but that's not for everyone. And hopefully, by through these, these efforts, through your school, through all the work that you do, people can realize that you can understand both concepts where we are and what it is. You said yourself, this is this is the matrix where we think it's all energy. It's all of the other stuff. And sometimes we talk this talk and people will be like, hmm, these guys are really like off. <laughs> it's like, we're not that off. We just enlighten in a way. We understand it a little different because we break it down to a level and we're willing to face that reality. That's the other thing. People don't want to know by default because knowing sometimes, you know, there's a whole, there's a movie about knowing with Nicolas Cage. And I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Kind of, kind of scary, but that's that's a feeling when you know something. You know, you almost don't want to know about it. You just like ignore it. You try not to. But at the end of the day, it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> it's there. And people don't know. And so there's one way. You know something. What are you going to do about it? You can dwell and cry, or you can just face it and, and, and devise a way to actually operate through it and around it without having to panic about it. That's it. It's the same concept, for example, death. Yeah. We know that everybody, the day you're born, you're going. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. the countdown starts the first day, but we don't think about it though, because the minute we start thinking about it, we get frightened because we don't know that's the unknown. And imagine if we had known what our day would be. I mean, that's a blessing in its, its own because it, had we known <laughs> that day, we wouldn't be able to live and enjoy life, right? Talking yeah. about prosperous life, you know, enjoying, but this is, this is the next stage, you know, in, in how our mind think. Most of us may not want to face the reality. And a lot of us actually choose not to realize things, not to really get deeper in them, because the more you dig, the more you find out, the more it's scary. The more you don't know, it's like ignorance is a bliss, literally, that's, that's where most people are living. Now you take it to the next level, do meditation. So you took that for the whole year and you've, you've really taken the time to know yourself better, to, to do this better and, you know, and utilize the, the key elements of meditation for what it is, not what we know it is. So I'd like you to take a few moments just to guide us through that same, that whole process from when you started that whole year, like what, what would you doing? What was the meditation process that you took? Was yeah. there anything specific that you did that, you know, they have steps, are there levels? Uh, what does that look like? Yeah. So I want to speak to what you said earlier first about, you know, this is almost a contradiction because we're dust, but we're also greatness at the same time. There is a power that lives inside of us that we all have access to. And that's the duality that we live in. This world is full of duality. Without the sun, there is no moon. Without this, the light, there is no darkness. Without darkness, there's no light. You, you need to have the parallels. If you, if you didn't experience bad in the world, the concept of bad, you wouldn't know what the concept of good actually feels like. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a theme throughout this entire conversation about duality. So that's just something to keep in mind. It's almost like we're always in a walking contradiction just by being alive, right? <laughs> so I, I love that. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So to speak to meditation and what I did. So the fastest way to communicate to the mind is through the body. So I learned that I needed to change because my body was physically telling me that I was feeling tired, groggy, and gained tons of weight and losing tons of hair. Right. Um, and so when it came to begin the meditation process, and when I started to embark on this spiritual journey, I started with my body. 
when you are, are done with a fitness competition, so the fitness competition took 12 weeks to train for, what people will often do is they'll go for, they'll sign up for another 12 week plan so that they can lose all, all that weight off again, because you gain it after you're done with the competition, even if you're just eating normally. Well, that's what happened to me. I actually gained more weight than I did beforehand. So I went up to 160 pounds after my competition. Now, (laughs) yeah, now I, I let myself be there. I didn't judge my body. I didn't judge how I looked. I let myself be there. I sat with it. I sat with the heaviness that I was feeling on my body. And I, uh, I, I took time to understand it and, and through this process and through doing some easy, gentle yoga exercises, you see yoga, isn't like what a lot of people think that it is yoga. As we think about it in the, in the West is very modernized. It's about pretzel postures and bending our bodies in certain ways. But the, the term yoga is a Sanskrit word for union. And it stands for the union between your outer world and your inner world and the union between the divine and you. It's that union. And so when I started practicing physical yoga and actual yoga, I started to understand what my body was communicating to me because I slowed down enough to listen to my body. So when my body said, I'm hungry, I fed it food. When my body said that it was tired, I let it rest. And it was just this constant dance with me and my body. And the more that I learned to listen to it, the more that it told me, the more that it revealed. And through that experience, then it got to the mind. Now, when I can teach my body how to be calm, my mind will naturally be calm. And so when I started to learn meditation, I started doing some breathing practices, different types of breathing practices. Um, There's a breathing practice called uh, Nadi Shodhana, which is alternate nostril breathing that purifies all the nerves within your entire body on the left and the right sides of your body, the masculine and the feminine sides of your body. I started doing a lot of that and I felt purified. I felt like I could breathe easier. My mind wasn't foggy anymore. My thoughts were clear. The way that I expressed myself became more clear. I used to mumble all the time and I started to project my voice more. I started to know what my voice actually sounds like. And I, I started to, um, uh, get deeper into the meditation practice after the breathing practices. And, and that's when you experience that state of pure silence. So I like to write poetry. And one of my, one of my poems um, says, listen to the space between each thoughts, each thought, and there you will find me. Listen to the space between each thought and there you will find me. And that's what meditation is. It's, it's teaching your mind how to be present in the spaces between your thoughts. Now we have 80 to 90,000 thoughts as human beings that we're practicing, uh, that we're thinking within a certain day, right? And these thoughts drive our decisions on an everyday basis. So if you're not present to your life and if you're constantly just staying in the ignorance is bliss game, right? Then eventually you're going to create a reality that's based on unconscious concepts and behaviors that actually don't even belong to you, 
right? They belong to society. They belong to your parents. They belong to the school systems. They belong to the magazines and the media, but they don't belong to you. So who are you? And so when I started to deepen my meditation practice more and understand the spaces between each thoughts, I understood what what presence actually felt like. And once you have that feeling, you want to bring it with you everywhere you go. So when I talk to you, I'm here with you right now. When I talk to my mom, I'm not flipping through the magazine. When I, when I talk to, you know, a stranger, a homeless man on the street, I'm not judging him. I'm looking him in the eye and I see him as myself and he's teaching me something. He's here to teach me something and I'm here to learn from him. Right. So, so that is the, the level of, um, of presence that I started learning how to cultivate within that time. Wow. <laughs> I enjoy this. It, it's amazing because you're breaking it down again to a way that, that it's, it's almost awakening the self, awakening the consciousness, you know, you're like aware at every moment and you're focused and you're not seeing shallow, you're, sh you're deep for everything that you interact with and anybody to interact with. That is a big difference for where we most actually can be at any given day. I think the majority of us, to your point, are living the, the life that is being pushed up on us or, or like portrayed to us or like really rammed into, you know, our brain. Because to your point, we're like back in the days when I was a kid, you know, there was very little access to TV. There's a couple of channels, blah, blah, limited hours. And that's it. You spend more of your time, you know, more of your time outside. Now you can literally just not even, you don't even have to have a TV. Like to your point, you just have that, that little piece called phone and you can just go from one app to the other. You can get on TikTok, forget it, it's a drug <laughs> in its own, you know, and you can just go from one profile and they never end. There's millions of them and they're more exciting. Each one of them is a creator and yeah. some good stuff. And you want like me, you, know, you want to see more and more. And then you can spend hours and it happens. Sometimes I notice myself, like I'm, I'm doing something and then I see something like, wait, let me check it out. And the next thing was like 10 minutes later, I'm still on the phone. <laughs> it's crazy, but that's the problem because we've been fed all this, 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 um, it's almost like on purpose. I mean, in a way it is companies, people are behind it, you know, for a purpose to, to your point earlier, it is psychologically, it is, you know, they, they can understand your behavior. I mean, all your stuff, you, the way you take your picture, the way, who you speak to, what you Google, what you do. I mean, it's funny. They can even tell you what you're going to shop for because they know. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you think, like, it's funny. You can think it, it's already there. I mean, it's it's almost scary. But that's that's where it is today, right? But, but you have, again, split yourself into the physical being and their spiritual inner being, which is your true identity. And you can, you know, kind of put them together at the same time while you can have the two personalities happening, you know, the two identities working in, in sync. That's something that we all would like to have. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know about all people watching or listening, but maybe it's something that we can at least want to experience once and see what that feels like. At the end of the day, we don't lose anything. We want to experience something. And if it's good for us, why not? If it's not good for us and it doesn't work, hey, we didn't lose anything. We learned something. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. But, you know, again, we don't, force anybody on this show to do anything that they're not, you know, comfortable with. But hey, you know, if you want to live a joyful life, a better life, maybe there are ways. And there are different ways to do this. I mean, there's so many other ways. But today we're talking about the, the meditation. Now let's talk about your school and how we can get people to do that. So the school itself, you know, it's a concept that you create based on your experience with meditation. Mm -hmm. You fell in love with it and you, hey, that's, that's a smart idea. Why can't I just give this to other people? That same feeling that 
you know, floating, serenity, being, you know, reborn again, all that stuff is something that people would probably want to experience. And if they do, forget about it. I mean, again, you're not giving people something that they're not looking for. We're all looking for that, you know, formula, but we can't find it. Some of us are finding it in the media and in anything else, just like when you did where you were doing everything else to find yourself and just kind of like, you know, put everything, you know, in, in, in pose or at least not even think. We do that every day. And so, so your school now is a concept where I, as a student, I register, right? And I get into the program, right? Is that, is that how we, you know, describe? Am I, mm -hmm. am I close? I yes, mean, it's a concept yes. of any school. Right? Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying yeah. anything special, right? But so, so then the question is, you know, if someone gets into the program, what should be the expectation? What is the long, uh, what is the actual term of, you know, the, the courses or course? And, you know, what kind of commitment do they have physically, mentally, and financially, if you don't mind? Yes. Yeah. So for Prosperous, you know, I love, I love what you said earlier, Hurricane, about um, technologies and, and also about not imposing things on other people as well. So when, when it comes to technology, I want to hit on a point there is that technology is only going to advance and it's going to advance to a place where, you know, we have AI, you know, artificial intelligence, um, be a really huge part of the way that we're engaging in our lives. It's already happening, right? So technology is only going to advance and it's part of the experience that we're meant to have. So the beautiful thing to know about yoga science, is that it's include all and exclude none. So what that means is everything that you're experiencing in this world is perfectly part of this world. The world is literally perfect as it is and as it is evolving. There's really nothing to change about the world, but it's about you, right? When it comes down to you and your mind and your body and your spirit. So the message with Prosperous is that you don't have to be buying a ticket to go to India to meditate in the Himalayan mountains in order to feel and experience a sense of bliss and joy and inner peace and happiness. This is something that is already accessible within you. And what happens when people join Prosperous that I have witnessed is that they get to this place where they understand what their personality was, what decisions are what thoughts are driving the decisions that they're making on a daily basis, who they were, and they understand who it is that they desire to be. But what happens is this beautiful level of self-acceptance in the process of that. So it's not about dreaming up a future that feels so far away from you that you can't even see how to get there. It's actually about learning how to accept who you are as you are right now and drawing out the gifts that you already have. And that's a beautiful thing that I've seen that this program has done is it's, it's helped people who have so many beautiful gifts inside that's been stored in there for a really long time. And it draws out their wisdom that they already have. And I've seen principals and accountants and doctors and psychotherapists and entrepreneurs, all different kinds of people draw this out of them and apply it in every, every part of their lives. And so what happens when you join Prosperous is it's a 90 day experience, 90 day, uh, you know, registrant. And when you join Prosperous, the first week, 
we don't jump right into meditation at all. We actually take time to set up your environment and understand your environment more because the house that you live in houses your entire mind, body, and spirit, wherever it is that you are in the world. And so if your environment is, is scattered and there's things all over the place, it's a reflection of what's going on in your mind. So I teach people how to set up their environment because, hey, if you've got everything scattered all over the place. Are you going to feel like wanting to sit down to meditate or to take care of yourself? You're just thinking in your mind, all the things that you have to do, and it's going to keep drawing for your attention. So we actually spend the first week focusing on your environment and setting it up in a way that can help you to thrive. And then after that, we talk about who, what their core values are. I find that when it comes into diving on this path, it's important to understand that everyone's path is so unique and Prosperous honors that. Everyone has a completely different path, a different experience, and everyone is going to experience things differently. So that's why we have experiments. We don't call it you know, assignments, it's experiments. It's, hey, try this breathing practice or try setting your environment up this way. Try adding plants into your home and notice what you feel. And if you feel good, and if it's positive, then keep doing it. If it doesn't, then try something different. Take what works for you and leave the rest. And as you evolve, come back, find something else. And maybe it didn't work for you then, but it's going to work for you now. Maybe your life is too busy to try this particular practice. And that's okay. With Prosperous, what people are learning is how to actively experience presence in the moment, no matter how busy that they are, you know, while they're driving in the car, while there's, um, I teach, you know, moms like what to do sitting on the toilet. If that's the only time that you have, you know, cause I understand that that's something that people say, they say, um, you know, I'm Sandy, I'm too busy. I, I don't, I have any, I have no time whatsoever for meditation. I can't even fathom it. I was like, okay, well, you know, do you poop? <laughs> are you, are you human? All right. <laughs> no you, one you can got, deny that. <laughs> you, you got some, you got some time, you got some time. So, so prosperous then will guide people into a deeper journey. So there's a, a beautiful experience in the beginning where you're just warming yourself up. You're getting really comfortable. You're getting really um, entombed. And then afterwards you become deeper into the experience. So you learn different breathing practices. I teach a five element breath work that mirrors the five elements of nature, earth, fire, water, air, and space. Everything you see outside of you is within your own body. So the, the, the bones in your body is earth the blood flowing through your body is water and all the water flowing in your body. The air going through your lungs, you know, is also air. Like that's what you're breathing in right now. And then um, space is when you're able to be fully present and you're accessing all these thoughts in your mind, that's space. And all that, all, how do you think your body breaks down? It's because of the fire that's brewing in your belly. I, I wonder if this is something that you've learned in martial arts where you're connecting to your core, right? Like you connect to your Gee. core and you learn how to actively engage it to such a degree where, you know, your, 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 uh, your instructor tells you to, to break your, you know, break that, that brick or that, that wooden piece and you know how to do it. Uh, so <laughs> so, so that's what, that's what we do. We teach a five element breath work and five element meditation. So what happens is, you know, when your electricity dies or like in Texas last year, I think they, they had weeks where they didn't have electricity or any part that you are at in the world where you can't listen to an app on your phone. 
You can't rely on a meditation, a guided meditation, but when you learn the things that you learn in Prosperous, they're tools that you'll have with you for the rest of your life. And it doesn't rely on anything else. It teaches you how to be self-reliant, just like it's taught me how to be more self-reliant. So it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm a meditation teacher, but there's a lot of things that I don't actually own. I don't own, you know, um, a sound bowl. I think it's, it's beautiful. Um, and, and I, you know, I, you know, it's, it's a cool experience, but it's just not something that I own. I, I don't own uh, tarot cards. I don't own um, a, a lot of things that, you know, people maybe in the mainstream world think that you need to have in order to be spiritual. I, I don't use a yoga mat, for example. <laughs> so, so what I mean by this is everyone's experience is completely different. And the more self-reliant and self-sufficient that you learn to become, the more that you can actually enjoy all these other experiences. So one day I might feel like getting a sound bowl and it's going to, it's going to be experienced where I get to sing and, and listen to the music that's coming through, but I'm doing it from a place of understanding who I am and, and from a place of resourcefulness, returning back to the source. And then I'm able to use it more responsibly. I, I love this stuff. It's good. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm looking at time we we're, we're running out of it, but, but, but really it's, it's, it's a cool, you know, process it's 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 different it helps people i mean i think everyone owes it to themselves to discover themselves <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it, it, i think we owe it to ourselves to really know who we are and to your point you can't do it when you're distracted and you have yeah. to find a way to do it and I, the way you guys break it down in terms of uh space that five elements by the way those five elements we use as well <laughs> in martial arts you know not just because you want to bring that chi and stuff but it's also like that's the, the elements in terms of how you operate whether it's fire strikes or you know water or air or whatever so there's different wow. things but it's amazing those elements always find themselves in themselves in our world and, and they they just they're always available to us and we use them in every day's uh, life and we don't even know about it most of us do they just don't know uh that they are uh, it's 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 amazing. So so now ninety days, you do all this. Um, is there a, a an examination? Is there some sort of a uh, you know last you know test that everybody has to go to, or or is it a way to evaluate at the end? Like you know, here's where you were, here's where you are, and what kind of difference do you feel right now? You're a new person, you reborn right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we go in depth when you join the program. The first thing that we do is an intake form. So there's going to be a bunch of questions that actually invites you into the space to reflect on your journey so far. So it's very specific questions that you'll be answering. And then that I review all of that. And that gives me an idea of who you are, why you're here and what you're looking to experience as part of the program. And it's funny because people come in thinking one thing, but they come out experiencing something completely beyond what they even imagined. So um, you, you fill out the intake form. And then on our first welcome call, um, and then small groups, I only do small groups of four at a time, um, each time that Prosperous is open. So when you join Prosperous, you, we get on the welcome call and we do an assessment. So we actually measure your breathing and how well you're able to hold or release your breath. And we do it through a few different types of um, exercises in order to gauge that. We measure your ability to um, hold your attention. So we, we do a few exercises once again, where they're able to actively see how distracted they are. They can actually observe 
how many times their thoughts are just going left and right and all over the place. And that's okay because our minds are meant to think, right? Um, and it's just learning how to, how to use the mind better. And so we do all these assessments so that you have a very clear idea of where you're at mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And then at the very end, you, you, you fill out a form that gives you an overview of the 90 days. So you, you fill out the assessment in the beginning, and then you do it again at the end, and you, you'll notice a difference, right? But you'll notice a difference throughout the entire program. I had somebody that um, was, was anxious all the time. She was living in a very anxiety-driven state. And she said within two weeks, she felt that 99% of, of her anxiety was gone. And I got some follow-up from her afterwards, about six months afterwards. Uh, this is a uh, she's a mental health counselor and she lost her job during COVID and she started her own tea company afterwards. So the level of peace that she was able to experience inside embarked this level of creativity inside of her where she was able to build a company on something that she really loves and experiences all the time. And there's so many remarkable stories that are similar to that, but that's what happens within the 90 days. And that's how in-depth we, we go because we really want you to understand you know, what your mind is like from the beginning all the way to the end so that you can see the difference. Awesome, awesome. Well, first of all, I mean, it must feel so great to know that you've impacted so many lives and and really get them to change their life for better. And uh, the impact, I mean, in this case, I mean, that's just an example that you shared with us. But I, I think that's just beautiful to hear that someone was able to uh, overcome the challenge of COVID and, and you know, the loss of the, the business or the job. And, hey, there you go. It's a good opportunity. Let me start my stuff and, and make it work. You know, that takes confidence. That takes a lot of stuff. No more stress. No more exam. Oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? You're doing it. So that's that's a change of, of mindset in its own. And you don't achieve that overnight. So and I know that you've done that with a lot of people. <laughs> so so that's a, that's that's a real, you know, thank you for doing that. And uh, kudos to, to all the work that you guys do. And I think that's, uh, you know, uh, an understatement because you, you deserve it. And, and I think anyone that is helping people to be better. In my eyes, uh, they're they're just like saviors. They're the best, and and you know, uh, you have to appreciate them. I mean, in this world, I think we can use a lot of people that help people. I mean, some people say, "Well, there's a business." Well, it is a business. Who who says that I cannot, you know, prosper while helping you prosper? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's not there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, if you get into results, everybody's giving services. You know, at the end is the result that you get from whatever you pay for, right? And so. And sometimes the best investment is in ourselves. And I think sometimes we forget that part. Um, but, you know, so, uh, wow, uh, time has really gone quickly here. It's, it's amazing. It's like I was in stage of hypnosis, right? <laughs> I was focused <laughs> to a degree, I guess. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Did I, was I focused a little bit or, or was I off? <laughs> I mean, you were here the entire time. All right. Just, just yeah. making sure I get your assessment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do. I'm yeah. looking at different screens. So sometimes I tend to look left or right, but, but I'm still with you. <laughs> I got you right here. Uh, well, so, 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 um, now, how can people reach out to you and are you available and your company is available um, only in the States or is it available worldwide and people can reach out from anywhere? Yeah, so you can find me on my website. It's www.sandyvo.com. And in terms of how I like to connect nowadays, I really enjoy long form content. So that's my podcast. It's called Prosperous. It's it's almost like a sound reflection 
meditative journey. It's a collection of talks and teachings. And every once in a while, I'll have a guest teacher um, come on. I had Leonard Perlmutter, who's my teacher, come on recently and, and had a really incredible conversation with him. But they're mostly just me talking about things that are very relatable and, and something that you're, it's not about learning anything new. Nothing is new. Everything is something that we've always known. And it's really just about remembering. And that's what that podcast does with every episode. It's like, huh, I, I, this feels familiar to me. I remember this. I remember this feeling. I remember who I am. So it's a, it's a space to pause and just reflect. And YouTube, I, I'm starting to create more content on YouTube because once again, I love long form content. I love feeling like I'm sitting down right in front of you and we're having a warm cup of tea and we're having a conversation about things that truly matter. Um, and then Right now, um, I'm focused on doing more live events um, in person. So if you are listening to this right now and you would like um, to have somebody come in to facilitate mind-body training, I have a, a program called uh, Wellness in the Workplace, Well-Being in the Workplace, and I want to bring it to more corporations now. So the past year, I've worked with a lot of universities and one-to-one -one students, um, but now I want to focus more on the bigger organizations like corporations. So if you if you have one, if you're part of one and you would like to see me there, um, I'm open to traveling and and being there with you in person. It's my favorite thing to do in person. <laughs> I, well, will that be in which groups or a lot of groups? Would it matter? Uh, it doesn't matter. So. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I listen, folks listening, watching. I think it's 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 a plus and it's a great opportunity to have you know, someone with you, show you, teach you, and sometimes even help the teams or the employees get better. And I think, I think, and as a, a lot of HR departments, they use a lot of, you know, type of opportunities to bring something new to the table for the employees to keep them motivated and, and really excited. So this could be a great thing for, for a lot of them out there. So, Hey, on my, on my side, I will definitely look into it and see what I can do to help. Uh, you know, I, you never know, maybe I'll be calling upon you. <laughs> we'll, we'll stay in touch about that, but, but certainly, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity. And again, YouTube, uh, the website is your website. Yep. Sandyvo.com. S-A-N-D-Y-V-O.com. All right. So it will be on the description of the show. So folks, you know, you can reach out, you can check out this site, you can check out the YouTube, the podcast, and definitely look out for, you know, an opportunity. Maybe if, uh, you want to have, you know, Sandy and team, you know, on local, on location and, and get, you know, a little bit of a, an insight of how things can be better and different. You know, that's, that this is a great opportunity. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, any last words of wisdom before we end the show today? Well, I do want to say to your audience, if they're interested in joining Prosperous, if they can just email contact at sandyvo.com and put hurricane in the subject line, we'll offer them a discount code so they can join for a few, a few off. Okay. Few, I think $300 off. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to ask, but Hey, that's, that's a pretty decent off. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well um, folks, lasting go. words of wisdom. Um, we're all on a cosmic journey through time and space, just walking each other home at the end of the day, God plays hide and go seek in each and every one of us. So when I look at you, I think that I'm seeing hurricane, but when I look deep enough, I'm seeing 
myself in a different form, right? We're, we're seeing expressions of the divine in so many different forms. That's why live engagements and watching people play music on the street and sing, it's just so beautiful and you get lost in it because they're living in their divine and highest expression. So if you can do one thing today, express yourself, say what you want to say, sing how you want to sing, paint how you want to paint, let that part of you come out and come alive. Because when you experience that is when you experience who you really are and all the, all the fear and all these doubts, they just, they wither away. Well, Sandy, that's great. And I'm going to leave it at that. Cause I think we want to keep the folks, you know, concentrate on that task today. That's their uh, experiment or experience that they have to take, right? So I was paying attention. So now they have homework, <laughs> but it's good stuff that they can experience, you know, with on their own. And uh, that would be great. So Sandy, it was a pleasure. Thank you for being with us today and uh, for really all the great stuff. And uh, I am enlightened here. And I know a lot of people will probably benefit from even a percentage of what we discussed today and you know they have you as a resource they can go and find out more and learn more so folks thank you for your time listening watching on the iHealth channel and the fitness Fab channel as well as listening on iHealth radio uh hurricane h here ciao for now we'll talk soon bye-bye